Oh, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone, and as always, thanks for your interest in the business. Um, as per the standard format, we'll talk through the presentation and, and then now time for questions at the end. I'll start now by turning to page four, which is our group model. Um, yeah, many of you are going to be familiar with this slide, so I'll just highlight some of the key points as I see them. We've got uh, two iconic brands with their distinct brand personalities. A different category leadership focus. For JV, it's technology and consumer electronics. For the good guys, it's home appliances and consumer electronics. The brands have different target customer groups, which gives us and our suppliers access to uh, an appeal to a wide and diverse customer mix. For JV Hi-Fi, it's a young tech-savvy consumer, but also, that, but also a broader appeal to those who are early adopters of new or evolving technology. Many of these tech and CE products are seen as staples in people's lives nowadays. For the good guys, it's family and homemakers um, uh, with significant, significant appeal to the replacer customer and first time homemaker. Both businesses have a common value proposition of big brands at low prices combined with a customer centric approach which is provided by passionate and knowledgeable staff. All of this combined highlights the strengths and the benefits of the model, which are especially relevant in a more challenging retail environment that we are potentially facing into. All of this is supported through our combined group functions, helping us to leverage the scale of the brands and then further underpinned by our four key competitive advantages, which I will de detail on the following page. So on to page five, we've summarised our key competitive advantages here. Firstly, scale. I guess that the key benefit here is our ability to leverage our number one market position and the scale that gives us to drive best value for our customers. We are a number one player in the Australian consumer electronics and home appliance market with local and global relevance to suppliers. We have strong and engaged relationship with, with these suppliers, large and engaged a large engaged and diversified customer base across two brands provides suppliers with the ability to execute promotions and new product launches at scale. A younger customer base drives ongoing brand imports to suppliers to maximise new technology and innovation launches and high volume website traffic provides significant marketing opportunities and reach. A second competitive advantage is our low cost operating model key benefit here is keeping uh, costs low, also assists us in driving even further value for our, for our customers. Um, constant focus on productivity and minimising unnecessary expenditure. High, product, high productive floor space with high sales per square metre. And the efficiency of the model allows us to respond to market price activity and maintain focus on market share and also to compete effectively uh, effectively with traditional competitors and new market entrants. Third competitive advantage there is uh, multi-channel capability. Now uh, the key benefit here is we are accessible wherever or however a customer wants to shop with us, uh, vastly expanding our reach, convenience and appeal to shoppers. Um, you know, here we, we, we focus on providing the customer with, with an integrated and frictionless shopping experience regardless of their chosen sales channel. 
Um, we give a customer choice and how they wish to shop in store, online, over the phone, even live chat. We have fast fulfillment by in-store shopping, click and collect or delivery from our store network or HDCs. And the fourth one is our people and culture. And I guess a key benefit here is our team's ability to quickly and easily adapt to a changing retail environment as we have done many times before. We have knowledgeable and passionate teams who put customers first and provide exceptional customer service. Dynamic and flexible environment allows us to pivot the business quickly and adapt to any changing market conditions and our unrelenting focus on health and safety. Over to page six. We remain focused on generating long-term sustainable growth for the business and having a positive impact on our people, community and environment. Some of our first half achievements are for our people, a continued set of diversity and inclusion initiatives to improve diversity and leadership and inclusion continued focus on safety with mental health and wellbeing training programs. For our communities, uh, half 23 workplace giving donations totaling 2.1 million and 33.8 million since inception across the JV Hi-Fi Helping Hands and the Good Guys Doing Good programs. We released our 2022 Modern Slavery Statement outlining the progress we are making to assess and address the risk of modern slavery in our operations and supply chain. Um, for our environment, uh, solar panel generation installed in seven stores in the first half of, of 23, and six stores scheduled in the second half as the group works towards net zero direct carbon emissions by 2030. We improved the management and recycling of waste generated by our operations and continued improvements in sustainable packaging across our own brands. Now turn to page seven and the group half year performance. Uh, total sales up 8.6% to 5.28 billion. Demand continued to be elevated during the half and the teams implemented a strong well-executed Black Friday and Boxing Day promotions. EBIT was up 14% to 479.2 million with strong sales growth and improved gross margins partially offset by increasing cost of doing business as we cycled COVID-19 related store closures from the prior period. <coughs> NPAC was up 14.6% to 300 uh, and 29.9 million. Earnings per share was up 20.4% to 301.8 cents per share. Interim dividend per share up 34 cents per share or 20.9% to 197 cents per share. I'll now turn to page eight for the divisional performance. I'll take most of this page as read as we'll be discussing in greater detail as we move through the presentation. However, it's pleasing to see sales across all divisions. Uh, now on to JB Hi-Fi Australia on page 10. Uh, this, page, this page shows the summary of JB Hi-Fi Australia performance. Uh, I will take it as read as we'll be coming in detail as we move through the following pages. On to page 11. Um, sales for JB Hi-Fi Australia 
total sales increased 9.1% to $3.59 billion, with comparable sales up 8.5%. As compared to pre-COVID half 20, total sales were up 31.8%. Hardware and services sales were up 9.2%, with comparable sales up 8.6%. The key growth categories were communications, with strong sales in the half across both Apple and Samsung, and it was pleasing to see both unit and ASP growth. Audio saw solid growth, with growth across home theatre and wireless headphones. Accessories, we saw sales. Sales were driven by good attached to the primary communications product. Uh, computers, pleasing to see growth across all major product groups, uh, driven by good stock availability. Again, it was very pleasing to see both ASP and unit growth from the category. And finally, fitness, which continues to perform well with strong results from Apple Watch during the period. Software sales were up 5.7%, with comparables up 5.4%. Software sales were 4.8% of total sales. Online sales declined by 34.8% to 537.3 million, or 15% of sales. While down on the prior year as customers returned to stores, the context when compared to pre-COVID half 20, online sales were up to just shy of 215%. Um, over the page to page 12 and JV Hi-Fi earnings results, uh, gross profit increased by 14.5% to $820 million with gross profit margin up 108 basis points to 22.8%. Driven by improvements in the key product and services categories, combined with a positive sales mix. Cost of doing business was up 11.4%, up 58 basis points on the prior period. However, however as compared to pre-COVID, half 20, cost of doing business was down 51 basis points driven by continued discipline cost control. Depreciation increased by 2.8% with an increase in depreciation on right of use assets, partially offset by a decline in depreciation on fixed assets. EBIT was up 16.7% to 341.3 million with EBIT margin up 62 basis points to 9.5%. I'll now turn to page 14 for JB Hi-Fi New Zealand. Page 14 um, shows a summary, but as with Australia, I'll take most of this as read as we're covering greater details we move through. <coughs> Excuse me, over to page 15. Our first half, 23 sales for JB, JB Hi-Fi New Zealand. Total sales increased by 16.1% to 160.6 million New Zealand dollars, with comparables up the same. As compared to pre-COVID, half 20, uh, total sales were up 21%. Hardware and services sales were up 15.7. The key growth categories were communication, with strong sales from Apple, audio, with solid growth in headphones and portable speakers, computers and fitness, both with solid results driven by strong Apple sales and accessories, which benefited from the good attached to the primary communication product. Software sales were up 21.2%, 
Software sales were 7.7% of total sales. Online sales declined 34.7% uh, to 19.3 million, or 12% of total sales. As compared to pre-COVID half 20, online sales were up just over 100%. I'll now turn to 16 for earnings. Uh, gross profit increased by 7% to 25.9 million New Zealand dollars, with gross margin down 137 basis points to 16.1%, driven by price competitiveness in the key categories and a negative sales mix. Cost of doing business was 12.6%, up 40 basis points on the prior period. However, compared to pre-COVID, half, half 20, cost of doing business was down 46 basis points, driven by continued discipline cost control. EBITDA, EBITDA was 5.7 million New Zealand dollars, down 22.5%. EBIT was down 26.5% to 5.4 million New Zealand dollars, with EBIT margin down 194 basis points to 3.3%, with strong sales growth offset by declines in gross margin and investment in strategic initiatives to drive growth. I'll now turn to the good guys on page 18. Uh, again, this page showing a summary, which I'll take as read as we'll cover on the following pages. So over to 19. Uh, the, the good guys' total sales increased 7.3% to 1.54 billion, with comparable sales up the same. As compared to pre-COVID half 20, total sales were up 34.6%. The key growth categories were refrigeration, with solid with solid growth in French door side-by-side -side and bottom-mount fridges. Laundry, with solid growth in larger capacity washers and heat pump dryers. Floor care, with solid growth, growth across robot vacuums and steam cleaners. Visual had a solid half with increased, with increased sales in larger panels. And audio, with, uh, uh, with growth in home theatre and also wireless headphones. Online sales were down 21.5% to 197.2 million or 12.8% of sales. As 12.8% uh, of sales, as the customers returned to stores compared to the prior period. However, as compared to pre-COVID half 20, online sales were up 148%. Over to page 20, the good guys' earnings for the period. Gross profit increased by 10.3% to 358.4 million, with gross sales up 64 basis points to 23.2%, driven by improvements in the key categories and a positive sales mix. Cost of doing business was 11.9%, up 45 basis points on the prior year, However, compared to pre-COVID, half 20, cost of doing business was down 106 basis points, driven by continued discipline cost control. Depreciation grew by 6.9% with an increase in both depreciation on right of use assets and depreciation on fixed assets. Thank you. EBIT was up 9.8% to 133 million with EBIT margin up 20 basis points to 8.6%. I'll now hand over to Nick to talk through balance sheet and cash flow. 
Thanks, Terry. So starting on slide 22, the balance sheet. Inventory was 1.21 billion, up 13.8% year on year, as inventory availability did improve following the COVID-related supply shortages in the second half of, 20, half of year 22. As compared to pre-COVID half year 20, inventory was up 7% versus sales growth of 32% over the same period. Inventory turnover was down 63 basis points to 6.9 times, but up 73 basis points on half year 20. As we have always done, we continue to manage inventory to sales and are very happy with both the quantity and the quality of inventory on hand. Payables, which would ordinarily move in line with inventory, were down 15% year on year due to cycling an abnormally high payables position in the prior year when COVID-related shortages drove increased purchasing late in half year 22. Moving on to slide 23 and on the cash flow statement, Operating cash flow and operating cash conversion, again, well down on the PCP due to changing the working capital, which is primarily the payables, uh, continue to be very strong. CapEx remained in line with our expectations as we continue to invest in the store portfolio, our online offerings and other strategic initiatives. And we closed with net cash of 391.2 million at 31 December. On slide 24, capital management, we have today declared an interim dividend of 197 cents per share, fully franked, up 34 cents per share, or 20.9%, and representing 65% of MPAT. It is pleasing to see the accretion benefit for ongoing shareholders from the buyback completed in April last year, with net profit after tax up 14.6%, and EPS and dividend per share both up over 20% due to the reduced number of shares on issue. The record date for the interim dividend is the 24th of Feb 2023, with payment to be made on the 10th of March 2023. We continue to maintain a strong balance sheet with closing net cash of 391 million at 31 December. The board will continue to review the group's capital structure with a focus on maximising returns to shareholders and maintaining our balance sheet strength and flexibility. I'll hand back to Terry. Uh, thanks, Nick. And uh, moving to page 26, the trading update. Uh, January sales update for the period 1st of January to the 31st of January 2023. Total sales growth for JB Hi-Fi Australia was 2.5%, with comparable sales growth of 1.5%. Total sales growth for JB Hi-Fi New Zealand was 20%, with comparable sales growth being the same. Total sales growth for the good guys was flat to last year or 0% with comparables being the same. While pleased with the January trading result, with sales continuing to be well above pre-COVID January 2020, we have seen sales growth start to moderate from the elevated sales seen in the first half of FY23. As we enter an uncertain period, our business remains well placed with a proven ability to adapt to any changes in the retail environment and our highly trusted value-based offerings that will continue to resonate with our customers and grow our market share. I'll now turn to page 28, an update on the group focus areas. The group focus areas, I've done, we've done a summary here um, to show our group focus and some of our achievements in the first half. So with multi-channel, and look, this is, this is about ensuring 
we maximise our reach to grow our customer base and remain, remain top of mind and relevant to, to our existing customers. A few of the key achievements, uh, four stores opened in half 23, including a smaller curated range JB Hi-Fi stores, uh, stores in Parkmore, Victoria and the Gold Coast International Airport. Upgraded the Good Guys website to improve customer experience. Uh, national launch of the of JB Perks membership program for JB Hi-Fi Australia with 405 customers joining the program since launch in November and strong growth in additional sales channels such as phone and online chat. Uh, with with uh, supply chain focus, this is about meeting and most importantly exceeding our customers' expectation with product delivery and product availability. Uh, some of our uh, achievements, um, we remain highly focused on customer delivery solutions, launched an on-demand delivery service in partnership with Uber and JB Hi-Fi Australia in September with a strong take-up and a 39-minute average delivery time. Launched improved delivery options for the good guys, customers focused on increasing certainty, transparency and choice. Uh, commercial focus, uh, this is about uh, growing our share of the significant sales channel, where investment in our sales team and expansion of our inside sales channel. We drove solid growth in e-commerce via our new JB Business website, attracting new uh, SMB customers, and we developed and development of a new tech-on-demand service for enterprise customers. Uh, over the page, uh, to page 29, uh, with New Zealand, this is about growing our share, and reach of the brand through store rollout and improved execution. Um, some, of the, some of the achievements, successful transition to new MD and investment in key hires to strengthen local capability. Increased focus on retail, the increased focus on retail execution is delivering strong market share gains. We improved customer shopping experience and engagement with six existing store relays completed and actively identifying potential new stores and relocation opportunities to expand our reach. And finally, retail execution. Uh, this, this is about staying focused on the retail basics and doing what we do best. That's leveraging our scale to drive great value for our customers. And we've do, uh, delivered a strong promotional program, particularly the key Black Friday and Boxing Day promotional periods. We uh, stay highly focused on actively promoting and proving great value offerings to our customers and greatly improved our in-stock position while stringently uh, managing the overall position. Um, we'll now turn to, to 31, our investment, uh, investment checklist. Um, so look, in, in closing the presentation, um, we have our investment checklist. Um, I'm sure most of you know this by now, so I won't cover it off. However, just a, a few points um, uh, to finish off. You know, as a group, we never take our current market leadership position for granted, and our experienced teams work hard every day to enable us to remain the number one destination for technology, CE, and home appliances. For JB, technology and consumer electronics is, is at its core and front of mind purchase for our customers. 
today. Many of these tech products are not viewed as luxury, but as necessity as they are integrated into our customers' everyday lives. For the good guys, they have a market leadership in home appliance categories, but also cater for, fa for family consumer electronics needs. They are a trusted value destination for replacement products, and this trust in our value will become more important should pressure on household budgets continue to build. Our focus on our multi-channel capabilities has now been proven, especially during the challenging times of the, the COVID lockdowns. The combined power of our physical locations, this well-integrated online offering, online chat, phone sales, and commercial teams ensures we can continue to grow our reach and remain connected and ready to assist shoppers however or, or however they need to deal with us. We, we, are, we are focused on maintaining a resilient and highly relevant retail model. Also having a business that is a desired place to work for our team members and ensures we will continue to, to attract high quality staff into the future. We will continue to deliver on a commitment to our customers of big brands at low prices while continuing to invest for the future and ensuring we do so in a sustainable and ethical way. We will now uh, move to questions. Thank you. Your first question comes from Michael Simultas of Jefferies. Uh, good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, the first question from me is on your January sales. Um, if we look at sales relative to pre-COVID levels, there seems to have been quite a sharp step change, especially in the good guys. I mean, it was running at sort of 30 to 40% above pre-COVID levels. It was only 17% in January. And JB was sort of around 30 or a bit above, and it's 25% in January. Is there anything sort of peculiar in the month that you saw, whether it be competitor activity or something in the promotional cycle, or is this more around consumers starting to pare back a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think the challenge even we have with, you know, especially well, Jan and Feb is um, when we're when we're comparing uh, comparing it, it, there's a lot of challenges with uh, related to stock cycling on the period. And I understand you're talking about pre-COVID, um, uh, so I, I get that, but it sort of makes it hard for us when we're looking through through the figures. What we are seeing though is. Uh, you know, intuitively, we're starting to see customers really um, um, drift back to, I guess, uh, those retailers that they have that enormous trust in. And you know, when that comes to categories like uh, consumer electronics or tech in the good guys, you really see that JV picked a lot of that up. Um, however, you know, we saw good solid growth continue in the good guys in the home appliance categories. So you know, that's, it, that's what it just feels like as customers are, um, are really focusing on a value and really that trust on that value. Okay, um, and then the second question for me is around margins. Um, so you've, you've had another very good half for gross margin across both JV Australia and the good guys, um, but your CODB margins ticked up a bit even though you've had um, pretty good year-on-year -year sales growth. How should we think about that going forward? Do you think you'll need to start to fund some discounting, potentially taking a little bit away from gross margin going forward? And 
Is there any fat in the cost of doing business lines? I mean, JB's historically run on a very lean cost base. Um, has there been some investment put into the business that you can potentially pair back if, if sales start to come off a little bit more sharply? Yeah, I think um, if I just address the gross margin uh, piece, look, you know, we anticipate as the stock is starting to return, you know, to uh, uh, more normalised levels in the industry, then we will see some of that on-floor discounting um, start to start to build or continue to build, and um, and so therefore we could see that, you know, some of that. At elevated margins will start to return, especially in JV, perhaps back to some more historical levels. They're good guys, we've always said we expect it to, um, you know, there has been some structural changes in the good guys and their buying terms. Um, however, we do expect to give a little bit of that back, um, you know, as we see this on-floor or uh, discounting uh, continue to, to grow. I guess the big unknown is you know, if it if it um, if we see it continue to be fairly tight out there, as far as retail is concerned, you know, who knows how competitors may react? And uh, one thing we'll always do is be competitive. So, but but we do expect we'll give some of those back, some of that back. Um, when it comes to cost of doing business, um, you know what you know. Um, I guess you know we've always been so lean in this business. It's always harder for us to 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 uh, to give some of that back, um, you know, to, to to cut that. We do have we do have flexibility with since you know pre-COVID. We've seen our casual uh, percentage increase of casual staff, so there is a little bit of flex on that. Um, so we do have some ability to to flex with the rosters. Um, however, I will say that depending, uh, you know, we will always stay focused on the customer. So I'd rather be having a conversation about slightly higher cost of doing business than cutting our service levels too much. But we're not in that stage yet, um, uh, but we do have a little bit of flex there. That's really good colour. Thank you. <coughs> Your next question comes from David Arrington with Bank of America. Morning, Terry. Morning, Nick. Um, Terry, Nick, can I just uh, go a bit further on, on your gross margin comments? Um, when we look at your gross margin, say, in our first half 19, which I suppose is as clean as what we can get pre-COVID compared to where they are today, I mean, JB, you, you, your pre-COVID GM was 22.1. Today it's 22.85. But the good guys, 20.6. And this, this half was 23.21. Now, I, I get the fact that you're saying that when things do get a bit competitive, when, it, when stock does, um, when stock does normalise a little bit, things could get a bit competitive. But are you prepared to come out and say, look, how much structural improvement there has been in the business? Because, you know, and how much? Because I would have thought that first half things were getting pretty, you know, like I'd heard that there was a fair bit of excess inventory in the industry coming into Christmas there. I mean, I heard one of your major competitors was sitting on a fair bit of excess stock. So can you come out and say how much you'd reckon that was structural improvement? Are you prepared to do that? And I suppose the second part, the one thing that did give me the spooks a little bit was the drop in gross margin in New Zealand. Now, I know it's a completely different market, and New Zealand's a very immaterial market to JB, but there was such a dramatic drop in gross margin. 
can we just rule that off as it's just separate conditions there? Um, so hopefully you understand where I'm going with that question. I'm trying to delve a bit more into how much structural improvement there has been in the GM with both your Australian businesses. Yeah, and, and when we talk about that structural improvement, um, just to be clear, that was in the good guys. We're talking about mm. that. Um, you know, in, in JV, in, in JV and the half, we, we did see some, some positive sales mix come through. Um, and, and of course, there's just that little bit of less discounting on the floor while stock was still um, uh, still a little bit tight. So, so JB, um, just to be really clear, we're not talking about structural improvement, we're just talking about it you know, probably returning to, to more historic levels as, as the industry and the, the discounting returns to more, more normal levels. With the good guys, we've always spoken about uh, even uh, previous meetings, uh, previous releases um, from that that early 20% that it was up into the, the 21s that we, we felt it would finish somewhere in between. And, uh, you know, what, what's that mean? At, at the moment, it feels like it's going to settle around where, where JB Hi-Fi traditionally would be sitting. And that structural change that's happened in there is, is really, it's a reflection of now how the suppliers are viewing the good guys um, and the importance that, that the good guys is bringing um, to the supply, uh, to the suppliers, and when I talk about that, I'm talking about um, you know we, the way we can launch products now, the way we advertise the products, the way we represent their brands in store, um, the way we execute their promotions, and the way we 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 collaborate with the suppliers is very different to what it was pre JV owning it. So there is some structural changes in there. They are viewing the business differently, and they are supporting it differently. So. Now, while it's high at the moment because they are benefiting from, from less discounting and they also in that in that half benefit from mix because of, I mentioned before, CE was a little bit lower in the good guys, or sorry, tech was a little bit lower in the good guys, but they still had a solid HA result. You know, that's been positive uh, positive for the margin. Mm, um, mm, sorry. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of colour on that. As far as... As, as far as New Zealand is concerned, I guess the challenge with the New Zealand business is, you know, we're low margin to start with. And so you don't have a lot of opportunity to, <clears throat> you know, a, a little bit of a hit there is, is you know, is significant in, in the sense of the percentage that it comes down. And really what we've seen in New Zealand uh, play out is a few, uh, is a few things. Um, two of the major competitors, they're all Let's be honest, all the major competitors there, um, but mainly Harvey Norman and PV Tech went really hard in, in computers. Um, mm. uh, we, can, uh, we can only assume overstocked, that's the feedback, and have gone uh, you know, super aggressive um, in, in computers. The difference with New Zealand is we're a number four player, you know, we're going to improve that, but we're a number four player. So getting support from suppliers is a lot harder. In Australia, we're a number one player. If somebody really goes hard on computers, generally we can we can work with a supplier to to get some support to really to match and and be as aggressive. Uh, we don't have that ability uh, as yet in in New Zealand. That's one thing that was happening. The other thing is uh, with you know the changes we've made in New Zealand, and you can see the. Um, uh, market share growth we're getting in New Zealand, 
the, the competitors are reacting to that. They're reacting to you know the management we've got there, Jim. They're um, you know so there you know there's there's a little bit of reaction going on as as far as that is concerned, and obviously they're pulling the discount lever fairly hard hard over there, and again not having that um, that support that we enjoy in Australia. It's it's you know it's a little bit harder for us to. Um, to um, to recover that margin. However, we'll absolutely go in and compete, and that's delivering in the sales. And if you haven't got sales, you haven't got anything to work with. So we we tell them to take it and get it. So guys, like we're very comfortable, David, that that New Zealand margin isn't an indication of anything that might happen in Australia. We think it's very very different, and we're very comfortable with how we're trading in New Zealand, and particularly the, the share we're gaining in the period. Excellent. Just a quick second one, Nick, and it's just a quick one to you. One thing that's really pleasing, as you said, you're up 34% sales with only a 7% increase in inventory. That's all pre-COVID, so your stock turns are amazing. You commented that you're very happy with the quality and the, quant uh, the quantity and quality. What does that mean? Are you loaded up with uh, um, Apple and, and Samsung's, or what do you mean by happy with your quality? Can you give a bit of sugar on that? Yeah, a little bit of colour. If, you, if there's one... You know, in going benefit of COVID is is basically any age stock, any old stock was sold over the last two years. So the stock that we have today is all new, good quality stock. So I think we just look at it and go, we we bought well, we're happy with what we're holding. It's new current stock, and you know, for that reason, we think it's probably helping us maintain that sales growth at the moment because the quality of stock's good and it's fresh and it's resonating well with customers. You're running beautifully, gents. Good work. Thanks. Your next question comes from Adrian Lemmy with City. Oh, good morning, guys. Um, just to look at the current performance a little, a little bit more closely, are you, are you able to sort of um, strip out, like look at states that uh, aren't cycling the lockdowns from last year? Are you seeing sort of underlying declines in those states where you've got maybe a cleaner look? And if so, what categories are you seeing that, please? So there's no, there is no lockdown, like no formal lockdowns in January last year. It's what everyone who's cycling is sort of a higher level of COVID in the community and therefore people probably self-isolating to some extent last year and then higher absenteeism and stuff in stores. Um, so it's not, what we can see, absolutely we can see in our numbers, uh, you know, differences between shopping centres and homemakers and all those things that we've talked about previously in terms of customer preference in the prior year. We just look at the, the January, the one year, and it, it, it is difficult to look, Terry mentioned it earlier, the one year is difficult to review. We keep anchoring to the three year internally and I know there's been some commentary that look, look, we've obviously said the three years moderated, but we're still we're still doing 25% sales growth in JV in January over three years and 17% in good guys. still pretty solid numbers and we're you know we're pretty comfortable with how we're trading but relative to those pre-COVID um, numbers. Thanks Nick. Now I was getting at I guess the first half was impacted by tightening the lockdowns and then there was the talk that... Yeah, yeah you're right, that's so probably that's Q1, predominantly Q1. Q2 is reasonably clean, a yeah. little bit at the start of October. Yeah. No drama. Um, and can I just ask, that, yeah, the great commentary on, on all the sort of individual drivers. I guess the GP margin, can we confirm that, like, given that it's such a big jump this half compared to the levels of the last few years, and, and I appreciate your comments, that 
there's been mixed benefits and, and a lack of discounting. But I would have thought that there would have been a lack of raw discounting in the prior periods as well. Can you just confirm there's no, like, I don't know, special supply of rebates or stock deals that maybe have also driven it up this half week? No, this half is, there's nothing, there's nothing driving it up in isolation in this half. Like, you can, if you compare JV Australia to half year 22, and I think you'll remember we said this at the time, half year 22 when the stores were closed, we were doing free freight online, so that was weighing on the margin in half year 22. You know, we weren't doing our, as significant as services attached when the stores are closed. We, we really struggled to do telco connections as an example. So the, the one year comparison, the prior year is low. If you go back and keep, again, we try to anchor to the pre-COVID half year 20 comparison. We think that's a pretty clean comparison. Uh, the benefit there is sales mix, you know, one of our material suppliers had some stock challenges, for example, in December, and then uh, sales mix and Terry got out. Still seeing a little bit less of that discounting, albeit we are seeing that starting to return. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Nick. Your next question comes from Tom Kiraz with Darren Joey. Oh, morning, guys. Just ask on stock profits and where that's at, and if, if that is normalising now, and then. Secondly, just how you're seeing price rises playing out through 23 for the business? Uh, yeah, look, um, uh, a good question. We're not seeing, you know, uh, the feedback from suppliers is we're not going to be seeing any price rises. Uh, you know, I, I think for a few reasons, that, or the main reason I should say is, you know, stock is returning to normal um, and, you know, suppliers are going to be, you know, fighting amongst themselves for share as much as retailers. So, yeah, we're not anticipating any price increases coming through and no feedback that there will be any. Yeah, okay, and sorry, and, and stock profits, was that a driver of the, the first half gross margin, just given the price rises that you've seen? Like the price rises we saw, if you go back, were predominantly in white goods, mm -hmm. so it's, <coughs> that benefit was principally good guys. Um, you track, if you track it through, if you look at good guys' gross margin, second half last year actually, you know, higher than what we've reported first half this year, that's, I'd say more of the stock profits are in second half of last year. We wouldn't say there's a lot of stock profit in first half of this year. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. So our next question comes from Sean Cousins with UBS. Uh, great. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, just a question, I think, around how you look around generating sales as you're cycling tough comps on this multi-year basis and particularly around two areas. One, what are the big sort of category opportunities? Is it telco, but are there others that you could talk about? And then the way we see you trading in the market, it looks like you're being more aggressive um, and the feedback we get from the industry is you've been more aggressive to chase promotions harder, uh, such as when Harvey Norman went 250, 25% uh, off, off if you spend more than 250 at Boxing Day, you guys matched at $300. So I'm just curious around your intensity around promotions and how aggressive you're looking to be to moderate the slowdown in sales that is likely, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, good, good question in, in that respect. Uh, I think we are doing what we would normally do um, every day, uh, every week, every year. Um, you know, we will be, you know, when, when it's a little bit tougher, if we're looking at looking forward at sales, we will... Uh, look at the individual categories and then devise promotional activity. No doubt we have seen promotional activity uh, intensify and 
that is as much around the fact that there is good stock availability as much as it is that that it's you know it's it might be might be tighter in the market or uh, etc. So you know we we will continue to 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 push hard. We'll continue to drive categories. We've got some we've got um, you know we we did suffer some some challenge with in with phones in December. They all come back in the stock. So you see us continue to. To push hard into into phone and TV, uh, that's there are some categories we stay very focused on, um, and suppliers are willing to support all of that at this point as well. Um, you know, as stock is returning to normal, and it may feel like it's getting a bit tougher in in that one year stack when you look at the, compared to one year, suppliers themselves are really um, looking to 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 push stock out and to drive their market share. So we're seeing a lot of activity coming from suppliers, in other words, supplier-funded promotions coming. Okay, and then secondly, just regarding New Zealand, it's a group focus area. How are you thinking about the pipeline and timing of new stores? You did six relays in the, in the first half. And specifically, what will be the, I guess, the cost impact on this? Will you get revert back to EBIT losses in the second half, and will your capex, which has generally been around 57 million on a full year basis for the last two years, will that have to step up some? So I'm just curious around how you're going to look at, at driving that New Zealand growth, please. Yeah, so we will, which we are trying to access new sites. It is actually a bit harder than we had hoped in the short term. So in the second half, Sean, we will do, we'll relocate two stores in the second half. Um, so that capex will come through in the second half. We won't have any new stores in the second half. That'll be more an FY24 uh, pace. In terms of capex, yes, we will. You know, we haven't spent a lot of money in New Zealand for a number of years. I think we've been spending roughly a million dollars a year in New Zealand. You will see that elevate. Um, you know, as we as we get to get access to new sites, you know, we ordinarily spend about one and a half million in capex on a new location. So. You know, assuming we'd like to see four or five new stores a year, um, you're going to see a, an uplift in capex on New Zealand. And even losses in the second half, Nick? Is that? Like yeah, we will lose money in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no change. Like we historically, New Zealand for us has been a profit-making business in the first half, and more challenging in the second half. We expect that to continue this year. Obviously, we have plans in place that in the future we wouldn't expect that to occur. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Terry. Your next question comes from Ben Gilbert with Jardim. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, just wondering if you could talk about the Perks program and, and where you're expecting some investment and, I suppose, we're trying to drive some returns out of that, because it, it seems to be a key opportunity for you guys' loyalty and sort of getting a better feel and view for the customer. Yeah, the, um, the, the Perks program, the... the Perth program is designed as part of moving from our, what you know, we say multi-channel, we want to be omni-channel, so it's about really understanding the customer and joining the dots between a cust the customer that's purchasing online and the customer that's purchasing in-store. So the Perks program is a way um, that will, will encourage you to identify yourself in-store so that we can understand those transactions. Um, and, and connect them with any of your online purchases. It also enables us then to be a lot more um, tailored with the sales process in store. 
because we will then be able to understand that you may be uh, an, an Apple user versus an Android user, for example. We may know that you bought um, you know, a lot of Samsung product versus buying Sony products. So it helps us to be a little bit more, little bit more tailored um, um, in, in that sales process. Now that's that's the outcome of it. Um, you know, that's what we're gathering that information at the moment. Today you join, you will get over and above rewards um, and offers as a Perks member uh, being sent to you. So, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily that we're investing any great deal more money into into that program. We 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 do email our, our database regularly. These will just be over and above programs. And what's really important with this program is you really get interest from suppliers and suppliers are really keen to fund promotions because you can be so much more laser-like in, in what you're offering. So we will find that suppliers will really step up um, uh, to, to support this program as it continues to, to roll out and continues to grow in numbers. Do you think do you think you need to put a lot of money into it, Terry? Because just in terms of understanding the capabilities, if you wanted to look to go to the sort of media, etc., that Best Buy is doing, is it a project you need to see sort of five to ten million bucks of opex over the next few years, or is it just going to be sort of steady and sort of incremental investments here and there? Yeah, look, it's 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 just steady and incremental. Um, you know, we 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 don't we don't anticipate that we need to. Uh, Invest really heavy, heavily uh, over and above what we're what we're currently doing. Where the cost will come is when we when we just want to understand the customer detail a little bit more. But we're not talking investing ten million bucks into doing that. Great. And just follow on from me. And I've asked this a few times before, but just in terms of your back end, in terms of the supply chain, because it still feels that there's a relatively high level of sort of separation or independence between JPs and the good guys. Do you think there's an opportunity, given the scale that you guys have built, to start consolidating that drive through improved terms and aggregate across both, to, I suppose, minimise some of any sort of margin mobilisation we might see over the next couple of years? Uh, look, it, it's definitely on the radar. It's definitely something that we want to continue to pursue. I mean, we leverage it now, so I shouldn't say that we don't. We do we do leverage it now. Um, but we, we have identified that there is some further, further opportunities for for real productivity of stock, um, if we can work a little bit closer, um, you know, between the two brands. Right. Thank you. Your next question comes from Brian Raymond with J.P. Morgan. Thank you. Um, look, just sorry to come back to this trading update again. I realise it's only one month, but um, just trying to understand um, a few more of the drivers, if we can. Um, obviously, the big event during January was the back to school in, in the tech category. Just want to understand if there's any sort of uh, overarching themes that you've seen come through in that in that event or, or others, whether it be premiumisation or traffic or um, trading up, trading down, etc. Just trying to trying to unpick what, what might be driving a, a, a you know, a slowdown at this early stage. Thanks. Um, uh, well, I th again, I, I, I think that the slowdown is, is you know, when compared to last year, of course, and um, as we know, that's still highly elevated over pre-COVID COVID times. Um, so, you know, what, we, what we're just trying to acknowledge and, and uh, you know, be upfront about is, 
you know, that growth that we have been seeing in the first half is going to be harder to get in the second half just simply because we are just cycling such, such a significant second half from last year. Um, but there's no, there's, there's no real themes. You know, we, the good guys continue to see solid HA uh, results coming out of, out of the business. Um, you know, JV, um, again, as, as you would anticipate, that tech categories has continued to perform, continue to, 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 to be strong. So there's no real themes coming out of it um, uh, at this point other than just cycling some, you know, just some significant numbers from last year. Okay, um, that's, that's, that's great, thank you. And then just my second question is on the balance sheet. Um, you've obviously got a very strong net cash position at the moment, almost $400 million. Um, the good guys is pretty much bettered down. There's no big sources of step up in CapEx. Um, this time last year you did a share buyback. I understand why you might be a bit more cautious. The board might be a bit more cautious given the outlook now. Probably a bit more uncertain, but just thinking about the long term here, like does, the, does JB Hi-Fi expect to have a a healthy net cash balance long term, or is this something that could be recycled into um, either organic or inorganic opportunities, or would capital management be the obvious obvious outcome? Thanks. Yeah, the, obviously the the cash position we reported December is is at now and is historically a high point, so it's you know, seasonally a high point. We would expect that to moderate into the second half, but we would still expect to be net cash at 30 June. Um, to your point around short term, I suppose, is easier for me to answer. Longer term is a bit more crystal ball. Um, short term, I say, is a, you know, as a, as we enter an uncertain environment, I'm really happy to have a, a, a strong balance sheet and to have that strength of the balance sheet behind us is a, is a really good thing. So short term, comfortable to maintain a pretty conservative balance sheet. Um, longer term, I think, you know, we have demonstrated that we will take a pretty proactive approach to managing it. And, Yes, if we look at all opportunities, if there's inorganic opportunities that present, you know, if it gets harder over the next few years and that presents some opportunities, we'll look at it. If we don't have a use for that capital, then we will look to how we return it to shareholders in the most appropriate way. But it's a bit hard to predict out at the moment. So in the short term, we're happy just to maintain the strength of that balance sheet. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Scott. Your next question comes from Ross Curran with Macquarie. Hi, hi team. Congratulations on a great result. Just just a quick one around New Zealand again. Obviously, I know it's a small part of the business, but um, we, we saw some pretty chunky wage increases out of Coolworks um, just into year end, which will play through over the next two years. How are you guys thinking about wages in NZ? Are you seeing that, that, that level of pressure coming through? Uh, yes. Uh, the short answer, there is, there is a significant increase uh, the new um, uh, new government uh, new leader I should say has, uh, has put through and so yes we will see that and that's um, seven seven points something to the yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's um, you know it's significant great thanks I'll leave it there your next question comes from Craig Wolford with NSC Markey Hi Terry and, and Nick, just the first one around the, um, I guess the attribution of something I've asked in the past. Um, you commented, I think it was you Nick, that sales are up 25% in the JV Hi-Fi brand versus pre-COVID. Is it still roughly half price and half um, transaction, or average transaction value and half transaction numbers? 
And uh, the reason for that question is you mentioned there mightn't be any price inflation from suppliers, but what about the opposite? Isn't there a chance we see some deflation uh, coming back through a number of the categories? Yeah, look, it's, it is still, that, that sales growth is still driven by units and, and price, so it's you know, not, in JB it's not necessarily price rises that's driving the price increase as much as, you know, we're actively trying to sell up and increase ASP, so that is a, you know, a strategic goal for us. So, yeah, it is still units and price. And, yes, you're right, there is absolutely a risk that we start to see some deflation. You know, we can already see it in a category like television, we can see a, a category like that where there is some, some pressure coming on, on price points already. So it is something we are actively managing and actively looking out for. And, and so do you think that, um, let's call it premiumisation, where you've been able to sell up, is, is that something that's going to be cyclical or is there a structural change in how you've incentivised your staff and you know, the range architecture you have in store? Yeah, I think it's that range architecture that is, um, you know, that's structural. That's very different in the store. Um, you know, we've been doing it for for you know for many years now, so it is it is part of uh, the business and how we we continue to operate. So, um, you know, we'll 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 continue to stay focused uh, on that. Uh, and I say that, but you know, you will still see just great value advertised every day. And it's all about the in-store uh, and online where we look to, uh, to, to, sell, the, to you know, sell the benefits of, of stepping up the model. Yeah. Um, and then just a quick one on um, small format. So you've got um, four new stores open and you have the Parkmore and Gold Coast International Airport. It feels like you're still in file phase of what the small format store could be. Is there any progress on accelerating a rollout of small format? Uh, the the, the Parkmore store is, is probably the first of the what we would deem the, the, the store we need to continue to, to watch and model. Um, it, it's a smaller neighbourhood centre. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's anchored by you know, two, shop, uh, two supermarkets. And look, it's it's performing well. Um, so this is the one I feel we really start to get our mind around the success um, of uh, of the small format. And to, to date, it's performing well. So we're uh, we're pleased to date with how it's going. And roughly, what size is that one, Terry? Five hundred and fifty yeah, square meters. Yeah, including back house. Yeah, including back house. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Nick. Your next question comes from Mark Wade with CLSA. Okay, Nick, Terry, congratulations on the result. I thought it was really impressive. You got market shares up. You made more profit in six months than what you did in a whole year not long ago, so well done. Um, just looking ahead, is there any aspect of the, the customer experience you really wish to improve the most to stay relevant and differentiate the brand, I guess, in, in the mind of an ever-increasing value-conscious consumer? Um, uh, look, I think it's a really, uh, a really good question. But, but where we, um, yes, we're always trying to improve that in-store experience, and, and actually we're really focused with the team, team on challenging them around that. But what we have deliberately been doing, and I take the good guys for example, is, is really proving that value even during those, 
you know, times of COVID when you could have, you didn't have to do anything and you could write a, a sale and were performing well, but we continue to always drive value and we call it internally proving value. So both JB and the, the good guys continue to do that. So I, I think while that in store, yeah, we're always trying to, we're always challenge, challenging ourselves on how that could improve. I think we've, we've done a good job of staying top of mind in the consumer, in the consumer, uh, with the consumer, I should say, that if you want value, our two brands are where you're going to go to get it. Good one. And lastly, just on the JB Commercial Solutions business and uh, the, the thoughts there on the size of that opportunity and how to make the most of it. Yeah, look, um, you know, we we feel there's plenty of scope in that to continue to grow. Um, you know, we, we think there's a lot of scope. I do remember many, many years ago Richard Murray putting a figure out there when uh, when I was last with him out at and about. We finally reached that that uh, that figure. And so we loads to put loads to put a figure out there. But we, we there is there is plenty of scope for growth in that business. Um, you know, it's it's now more around how we execute to get it. Okay, all the best and uh, keep it up. Your next question comes from Phil Kimber with ENT Capital. Um, my question, uh, sorry. Um, my question was just around um, uh, that recent trading and uh, uh, ASPs in both divisions um, higher this year than last year. I guess I'm just trying to understand if there's actual volume growth going on at the moment or whether um, volumes are going backwards, but it's price that's sort of holding sales growth up. Uh, are you, are you sorry, referring to the January result? Yeah, I guess, but even though, you know, maybe the second quarter a bit as well. Yeah, the second quarter, both, um, and Nick mentioned before, the second quarter, we did see uh, transaction growth continue in both businesses. Um, you, what, the, the challenge we've got, it's, it's right, it's in the detail. So, for example, we have seen ASP or, or average, the, the average basket in the good guys grow as well, but that's because it's moved, it's mixed into more HA products. Not necessarily each HA product is, is, is growing, but just the, the customer, uh, customer mix has moved into, uh, has moved into the HA where consumers just have that enormous trust of, uh, of the good guys for, for the HA products. Um, for, for, for JB, again, it, it's, it's, it hasn't seen as high a transaction or average sell growth uh, rate, um, again, because of the mix of products that's going on. You know, we, this time last year, we were unable to sell a lot of accessories, we were unable to sell a lot of the, the smaller type items, um, where this year we can. So we're still seeing you know, good transaction growth, not quite as strong on the average basket size, but that's due to mix, and that's really playing out in both businesses. So, you know, as we as we start to cycle just complete um, normal trading over the next few months, we'll really get a, a good understanding of it. But volume is still still up in in JB in, uh, in January. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Terry. We have no further questions. Thank you. Thanks everyone for your, for your time today. Really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to 
saying you had on the road the next few days. Thank you.